All right, if you'll turn to two passages of Scripture, please. Uh, turn to Luke 11, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, and then put a marker at Daniel 10. So, open to Luke 11, and then put a marker at Daniel chapter 10, all right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Hosea, Daniel, Joel, Amos, and Andy, all right? <laughs> Sorry. All right, we're going to begin a new series today I'm extremely excited about called The Lord's Prayer. And we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. And we're actually going to memorize, beginning next weekend, we'll start the memorization one phrase a week of the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to memorize it in the Old King James Version. So if you want to uh, read ahead, you can do that, all right? Uh, this weekend, the message is called The Purpose of Prayer. The Purpose of Prayer. And I'm going to lay out the foundation of where we're going and tell you how this series came about. This past spring was uh, one of the most uh, spiritual attacks I've ever been through. And I've been realizing as I've been talking with other people that many, many people feel like this year has been a tremendous time of spiritual warfare. How many of you would agree with that? Well, in, in May last year, or this year, previous in May, on Memorial Day weekend, I went to minister for a friend of mine named Dr. James Morocco. Now, you're going to feel sorry for me when I tell you where his church is. He pastors in Maui, Hawaii. Uh, but hey, when you're called, you, you have to go, you know. And um, so, we went and suffered for Jesus and, in Maui. And, uh, you know, you got to take the gospel to heathen wherever they are. So, Anyway, I, I was speaking for him. I did a Friday night Blessed Life seminar and Saturday morning Blessed Life seminar. And then on Sunday, their first service is at 6 a.m. And uh, we'll never begin a 6 a.m. service at Gateway, just, just so you'll know. So, uh, but I spoke at 6 a.m., 8 and 10. And then Dr. Morocco and I got on a plane and flew to Honolulu to another campus that he had. And I spoke there and then flew back and then spoke in a, at 6 p.m. that evening as well. And so, we're flying back from Honolulu, and I was telling him uh, about this warfare. And I said, I just feel like the enemy has increased his attack, and, and the enemy is really coming after me, and the enemy is really attacking our church, and, and the enemy, and the enemy, and I was telling this. And he just turned and looked at me, and he said, Robert, I think you're giving Satan too much credit. And it's like it just hit me. You know, when someone says something like that, it, many times it's the Holy Spirit speaking through them. And it was like the Lord just downloaded on me this little thought. Right after he said that, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to give Satan credit, uh, I mean, if I'm going to give him, uh, let's say it this way, if I'm going to give him blame when things are going bad in my life, am I going to give him credit when things are going well? Is my focus too much on the enemy? And, and I thought about this, and, I, and then I thought, you know, um, if, 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 things are going bad because the enemy is attacking me more right now, then when things are going well, maybe he's not attacking as much, and maybe I should thank him for that. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a horrible train of thought to go down. And, and Dr. Morocco said, um, Robert, the problem is not that somehow you've opened a door or you're releasing more of the devil right now in your life. The problem is you're not releasing enough of God. You're, you're not praying enough. 
And Gateway Church is going to have to go to a new level of prayer to go to where you want to go. And so he, he just, you know, really prophesied to me for a few moments, and I knew it was God. And I came back to the hotel, and I was sharing with Debbie. And then I sat down on the balcony for a little while, and I had my Bible, and I just said, Lord, you know, we need to go to a new level of prayer. That's true at Gateway. We need to go to a new level of prayer. And then I, I, I said this, and I, you, you'll, you'll laugh because I said, Lord, I, I wish there was somewhere in the Bible where you teach us to pray. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, I think there is. And so, uh, look at Luke chapter 11. Uh, look at verse 1, Luke 11, verse 1. Now, it came to pass as He was praying, that's Jesus. By the way, can I just say, if Jesus felt the need to pray when He lived on earth, <laughs> maybe we should pray also. As He was praying in a certain place, when He sees that one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, now can you say the next four words after Lord? Teach us to pray. As John also taught His disciples, and He said, when you pray. Say, and he goes into the Lord's Prayer. Notice when you pray, he didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. And then uh, the Lord's Prayer is also in Matthew 6, and we're, that's where we're going to go through it next week. Matthew 6 verse 9 says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven. And he goes to that, in this manner. In other words, with this pattern. This is amazing to me that Jesus gave us a pattern and, and we put it on the wall, and we might even memorize it, but we don't use the pattern. And so, this summer, I've been using this pattern, and I'm going to share with you the things the Lord is showing me about this. So, I want to tell you two, uh, two things today about the purpose of prayer, all right? Two things. Here's number one. Take it seriously. You, you need to take it seriously. The reason we need to take prayer seriously is because we're in a battle. We're in a war. And the one that you're in a war with wants to kill you. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to kill you. And he's trying to destroy your family. So we need to take it seriously. Uh, let me, we'll get to Daniel 10 in a moment. Let me read you a few scriptures before. Uh, Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now notice, this, we, these are believers, we, not not pastors and, and, and the big spiritual people, we. You're wrestling against principalities. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Right, right there on that plane coming back from Honolulu to uh, Maui, Dr. Morocco began talking to me some about the principalities and powers. He did his doctoral dissertation on spiritual warfare and territorial spirits. And he was sharing with me that they, they by the way, they, we have four campuses. They have 20 campuses in Hawaii and 70 campuses around the world. And so he's sharing with me how uh, they started a new campus years ago on Molokai, on the, uh, the island of Molokai. And he said they had about 40 people and they never could get it above 40. And so he began praying and saying, God, what I do, what I do? And the Lord told him, if you're going to take this island, you're going to have to go to another level of prayer. And the Lord said, I want you to walk the entire island and pray. And, and Dr. Morocco said, um, do you know how large the island is, Lord? <laughs> the island, by the way, is 38 miles long and 10 miles wide. And he told him, I want you to walk the whole island and pray. And so he got together some leaders in the church and the people there in the church and they walked the whole thing. It took them several days, and they fasted and prayed. 
And they got to this one place where there's this grove of trees, and the islanders actually call them poison wood trees, because this is fact. Birds, when they would fly over those trees, would die. And there was no natural or physiological reason for it, and so they called them poison wood trees. But as, as Dr. Morocco and the leaders of the church begin to walk through that grove of trees and pray, and they begin to study about this, here's what they found out, that right there in that grove of trees, they used to have idol worship, and they used to sacrifice children in that grove of trees. And I was thinking about this, and I don't know where Molokai got its name, so I'm not trying to insinuate anything, but it, it, it hit me when they said sacrifice children, Molech, I, uh, in the Bible, there was a false god named Molech, and they literally sacrificed their children to Molech. What they did was they made them walk into the fire alive. They burned them alive. And, and the Israelites began doing this as well, and God told them not to. Matter of fact, the Scriptures, Leviticus 18:21, you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech. And, and they began to do this in the valley of Hinnom. Hinnom is the Hebrew word for this valley. Uh, the Greek word is Gehenna. And Jesus used this, and when He was trying to compare hell, trying to say, listen, if you want an example of hell, it's like the valley Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom is what that means in the Greek. It's like that valley where the children would, when they walked into the fire, they would weep and gnash their teeth together. That's what it's like. And so here they did this on this island, and they began to pray and fast and seek God. And they went around that whole island and through that island, and they prayed. And Dr. Morocco said, in the next 12 months, the church went from 40 to 400. And the only thing we did was pray. It's the only thing differently we did. And he said to me, Robert, you're going to have to go to a new level. And he said, you've you got to realize something. When you start putting uh, churches in other cities, you're fighting other principalities now. The, the word principality means a prince over a region. And this is the Bible. The Bible says we're fighting principalities, a prince over a region or a city. So when we, put, we go to Frisco, and when we go to North Fort Worth, and when we go to um, North Richland Hills, and when we go to Scottsdale, and when we continue to go, all of a sudden, the, 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 the warfare is increasing. But here's the real question. Here's the question when warfare increases. The, the question is not, why is the enemy attacking more right now? The question is, why are more of the enemy's attacks landing? Because Ephesians 6 goes on to say that if you raise the shield of faith, you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked one, every one of them. So we need to raise the, the level of prayer. Not only are we saying we want to take the Metroplex and other cities, but if you remember in January, we stood up and we, at our first conference, I felt like this last January, we needed to have the theme of the conference under God. And we as a church needed to be one church with many other churches that we need to call our nation back to God. And, and I agree completely with something Debbie said last week. She said, we, we have got to do something because a good man leaves an inheritance, an inheritance to his children's children, not a debt that they can never pay. And we've got to do something in our country. Listen, uh, I am concerned. I'm concerned about the spiritual issues, the moral issues, and the social issues. But you know me, I'm a good steward. And, and if we don't do something economically, we're not going to be here in a few years. We, uh, even a fourth grader knows that Johnny can't eat four apples if he only has three. And I'd like to ask every politician, why are you handling our money differently than the way you handle your money? We cannot continue to spend more than we're taking in. We can't do it. 
We're, we're actually so concerned about it here at Gateway Church, and you don't need to bury your head in the sand about this issue. We're in trouble in our country. We're so concerned, we created a website, voteundergod.com. And you can go there and learn about the issues. And if you're not registered to vote, you can register to vote. And you ought to register to vote for two reasons. One, because you're a Christian. Secondly, because you're a citizen. And if you're a citizen, we can't just say, okay, you guys that don't, don't agree with biblical principles, you go up and set all of our laws. Personally, I'd like to kick the whole bunch out and start all over. <laughs> so, okay. Here's the point. Where the enemy is not going to set back and let us try to call our country back to God. He's going to come against us, but we don't need to be afraid of him. We just need to raise our level of prayer. We're also going after souls. Debbie told you, you know, in the last four weeks, in the four weeks of our evangelism series, outreach series, we had over a thousand people saved. So uh, we are in a war, and we've got to stand up and fight that war. Now, go to Daniel chapter 10, and let me show you about a prince, a palatine. Uh, Ephesians 6, very clear, we're in a war with principalities. A principality is a prince, refers to a, it refers to a, a, a geographical region that a prince rules over. That's what, that's what it means. And Daniel 10, Daniel is praying and fasting for 21 days. And then an angel brings his answer. Now, I want you to notice what an angel of God tells him in uh, verses uh, 12 and 13. Daniel 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, your prayers were heard. And I've come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, we know he's an archangel, one of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, this is one of the most amazing passages you'll ever see in the Bible. Here is uh, an angel, an angel from the throne of God telling Daniel, I was coming to answer your prayer. As a matter of fact, I was dispatched on the very first day you prayed. But what's been happening for 21 days is I've been in a war with another angel, a fallen angel, and I wouldn't have even got here if I hadn't had an archangel come help me get to you. That's what he said. Uh, that's, that's principalities and powers. We wrestle against principalities and powers. Uh, verses 20 and 21. Then he said, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I've gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. Listen to this. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. In other words, Daniel, you've got a prince too who's, who's watching after you. The Bible says that the angels guard us up to keep us even from dashing our foot against stone. But here's a great thing. It talks about your prince. I just want to remind every one of you, your prince is the prince of peace. <laughs> but we've got to pray. See, Daniel didn't quit praying after the first day. Because he kept praying, his answer got through. And many people don't understand about principalities and territorial spirits. Let me show you another reference to territorial spirits. Uh, Mark chapter 5, Jesus is casting the demons out of the gathering demoniac. And in verse 8, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. I want you to think about that. 
These demonic spirits begged Jesus, please don't send us, uh, one version says, out of this region, out of this area, out of this country. You want to know why? Because they had strongholds in that area. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll open your eyes to this, you will notice that there are strongholds over different cities. There are strongholds over different regions and different areas. Uh, when God told us to plant the first campus in South Lake, I knew we were to be here. And one of the reasons was that I knew God wanted us to tear down the principality that ruled over this area. And I knew that. There were five churches that planted in South Lake in the prior, in the previous three years before we planted. All five bought land outside of South Lake, not in the city limits of South Lake. And I knew God would give us land in this area so that we could war and open the heavens over this area. And I want you to think about it. The, the, the spirits that ruled over this area, the principality, was pride and greed. And what is Gateway Church known for? Humility and generosity. <laughs> we came in with the opposite spirit. And that's what you have to do, by the way, if you want to tear down a principality, is you pray and then you walk in the opposite spirit of that principality you're trying to tear down. Let me show you another one that'll kind of surprise you, a territorial spirit. Uh, in Titus, Paul is talking to Titus, all right? In Titus 1 verse 5, he says, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. And then verses 10 through 13, he said, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. There's the materialism and greed again. And then watch carefully, verse 12. One of them, a prophet of their own, said... Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Now, he's saying it's true that one of their own prophets says this about them. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Okay, I, I just want you to think about what you just read in your Bible. That sounds like an ethnic slur to me. It really does. You, you know, Cretans... You know, Cretans are liars. You know, think about if you said that about another group of people or about a, a, an ethnicity. You know, they're all liars. They're, they're just lazy gluttons. I mean, it sounds like an ethnic slur. Here's the problem. That's in the Bible. This is Apostle Paul talking. And here's the thing you want to understand. Paul didn't say this. He's quoting one of their own prophets. He's quoting Epimenides. It's, it's five syllables, Epimenides. He was a Cretan prophet that actually lived 600 years before. <laughs> 600 years, the Cretans quoted their own prophet, and they, they would say, well, you know, you know we're Cretans, we're, we're all liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. And they use it as an excuse. Now, when you think about this, we do this to this day. We, people, and we, we, we say it about ourselves, we say, well, you know, I'm German, and you know, Germans are known for, or I'm Irish. And you know what we're known for, or, we're, or I'm an American, or I'm Jewish, or whatever. And we use this, and we speak. You realize what we're saying? We're saying, you, you need to know there's a stronghold in my particular ethnicity. You need to know that. And, and then what happens is we actually believe that. See, they believed it about themselves. This is a territorial spirit. There were territorial spirits of lying 
and, and slothfulness and, and, and uh, gluttony over Crete. And their own prophet is the one who said it. That's a territorial spirit. It, it's amazing how here in Scripture that God talks about these things, and we need to understand, we need to do something about it. There aren't just territorial spirits, there are familial spirits. In other words, uh, spirits that minister in families, demonic spirits, evil spirits. Think about this. Is there a, a particular sin or iniquity that is prevalent in your family? Okay, that's a familiar spirit. That's a spirit that ministers, uh, that has gotten a stronghold through your ancestors, and there's a tendency maybe toward that sin. Let me tell you what you do. You, you, you pray, and you come against that sin with the opposite spirit, whatever that spirit is. So, I want you to take it seriously. That's point number one. Everyone got that? Point one, take it seriously. All right? Here's point two. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> okay, now, I'm not contradicting myself. I'm doing this so you'll help remember the message, the truth of the message. Maybe not the sermon itself, but the truth that God's trying to speak to us today. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, obviously, not to take uh, warfare and prayer seriously. I'm saying don't get so burdened and stressed out about what you're praying about. When the Lord started speaking to me about prayer and raising the level of prayer back in May, I started praying more. I, I had slacked off in prayer, and I didn't realize it until Dr. Morocco shared this word with me. But as I began to pray more, I realized that I was in a season where I had been praying less. Anyone ever, anyone relate to that? I just slacked off in my prayer life. I'd slacked off. And when I was praying, what's amazing is when you start getting in touch with God you know, about certain areas, you start getting revelation about what you're going through. What I realized was in prayer, I realized the reason I'd slacked off in prayer. Here's the reason I'd slacked off, because there are several things that I'm burdened about. I'm burdened about this situation in my family. I'm burdened about this situation in the church. I'm burdened about this situation in the country. And here's what I realized. I had slacked off on prayer because when I prayed about it, I thought about it, and I didn't want to think about it because it caused me stress. So I wasn't praying about it because I was stressed out about it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said, son, I did not create prayer to put stress on you. I created prayer to take stress off of you. You, 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 don't, you need to be giving the burden to me. You don't need to be anxious for these things and worrying about them. You need to give them to me. Now, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, notice the nothing and everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious, but pray about everything. Now, let me make a statement. Anxiety is the opposite of prayer. <laughs> don't be anxious. But pray. Let your request be in the name of God. If you have anxiety, stress, fear, worry in your life, you're not praying enough because prayer takes care of anxiety. First uh, Peter 5 verse 7 says, casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Casting all your care. This word cast means literally to, to put something, the responsibility for something in someone else's hands. So, we put the responsibility for this situation in someone else's hands. We don't have to worry about it anymore because it's not our responsibility anymore. Now, here's, the, here's the, the, the thing we need to understand about this. Prayer is transferring the burden. Prayer is transferring the burden. Whatever burden it is, if you, if you go to prayer and, and you walk out of your prayer closet and you still have the burden, you didn't pray, you just griped. Prayer is when you give the burden to Jesus. 
and, and you are only designed, we are only designed to carry the burden to Jesus' feet. We can't carry it any farther. We're not designed that way. We cannot carry burdens. And so, here's what we're, we do with burdens, and here's the problem. We take a burden, and we say, Lord, I'm, I'm bringing this to you, and I'm, I'm just going to lay it at your feet, Lord. There, I just, I'm just going to lay it at your feet, and, and Lord, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I just, I just give it to you, and it, it's, it's just right there. If you'll just look down, Lord, you'll see it. It's right there, and I put it at your feet, and I'm going to trust you and your timing, your wisdom, that you'll take it. It's, it's right by your toes, Lord. If you'll just look, it's, it's, right, it's right there, and, and I, just, I just trust you, Lord, and you just, I just… Well, if you're just going to stand there, <laughs> that's what we do. And then we try to carry it. I, I was talking to this guy one time. He was telling me about an area of his life he's really burdened about. And just, just, you'll relate to this. I said to him, have you given this to the Lord? He said, many times. I thought, well, how can you give something many times unless you took it back? Now, I understand. I'm not saying that we just pray one time because Daniel prayed 21 days. We're to pray and keep on praying. We're to pray without ceasing. But we're not to carry the burden. We have to give the burden to the Lord. Look at this scripture, Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. There it is. Cast your burden on the Lord. Now, watch this. If you'll do this and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved." Okay, here's what this verse says. Let me summarize it for you. The Lord will sustain you and not permit you to be moved by your circumstances only if you give Him the burden. Otherwise, you're going to be tossed to and fro, and you're not going to be sustained because the Lord sustains us when we cast our burden on Him. Now, let me wrap this up and just, um, just remind you of one Scripture and show you one other. Let me tell you how you can take it seriously and not take it too seriously. And let me remind you again when I'm saying not take it too seriously, I mean don't get stressed out and worried about it. Give your stress to the Lord. That's what I mean by that, okay? Um, remember we read a moment ago Ephesians 6 verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers principalities and powers. I want you to think about that, principalities and powers, all right? Now, I'm going to show you how we need to take it seriously, but we don't have to get stressed out about it, okay? We wrestle against principalities and powers. Watch Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. For in Him, that's Christ Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, watch, who is the head of all principality and power. The reason we need to take it seriously is because we're fighting Satan. The reason we don't have to get stressed out about it is because Jesus is Lord. <laughs> He's Lord. He's the one in charge. And He gave us a pattern. And I, I, last weekend, uh, when Debbie and I were even, I was helping her prepare a message, and she, said, she told me, you know, I want to share about a storm that I, that I went through to help people understand this. I said, share about the greatest storm you ever went through. So go ahead and share with them. I'm very open about, you know, my past failures. And just, just share with them how you felt during that time and share with them about that. And you have to understand, and she did a marvelous job of that. But you have to understand that there are times, and all of us, all of us may have things in our past that we're very ashamed of. But there are times when the enemy comes against us and he said, well, you shouldn't be doing this and you're horrible and, and you haven't really changed and you're, you're going to mess up again and all this thing. Okay, here's what's great. I have a pattern. 
when the enemy comes against me, I can say, my father. Thank you, God, that you are my Father, and you are great and greatly to be praised. And Lord, I thank you that I pray that God today, that your will will be done in this situation in my life, that your kingdom is going to come in my life, and that today you're going to give me everything I need to be sustained. And Lord, that you have forgiven me just in the same way I have forgiven others. And also, Lord, you can protect me from ever falling to that temptation again, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Forever, God. He taught us to pray, <laughs> and the prayer that He taught us works. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I want you to just take a moment, like we do every week, and just say, Lord, what are you saying to me? You might even just think about the burden that's on your heart right now. What burden are you carrying right now that you need to lay at His feet and leave? Lay and leave that burden at His feet. We want to pray with you. No matter which campus you're attending, or if you're in an overflow room, we want to pray with you. In just a moment, we're going to have one more worship song. We ask that no one leave during this time. It's just one song. Our services aren't long anyway. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, during this time, we'll all sing a worship song, and if you're not coming for prayer this week, you may come next week, or you may have came last week, but if you're not coming for prayer, I want you to worship. I really want us to create an atmosphere for the presence of God to minister to people. But if you need prayer for something, the Bible says if two of you will agree, touching anything, it will be done. So no matter which campus you're attending, if you're in the uh, second level at South Lake, by every exit we'll have leaders to pray with you. So if you're heading toward the exit, we know you're not leaving. We know you're heading there for prayer. But if you need prayer, no matter which campus you're attending, or if you're in an overflow room, as soon as we stand up, you just get up, come, just slip out, come to the front of the room where you are, the front of the campus, and pray with one of our leaders. We want to pray with you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need at every campus in Jesus' name.